The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary. Hey, well, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another edition and a special episode of the Unschooled and Ordinary podcast. I'm Ben. I'm excited to be hosting today, and I've got a special guest with me here, Mr. Lee Parrish. Lee, welcome to the podcast studio. Hey, Ben. Thanks, bud. Glad to be here. Man, we are excited that you're here, and uh, Lee has served in a lot of different ways here at our church. I'm going to let him talk a little bit more about that. Um, here in just a second, but he's currently serving in one of the, one of the roles he serves in is chairman of the elders. And so, man, we're excited to spend some time with him today to kind of unpack what that means and what it looks like for us at Venture um, to be an elder led church. Uh, so we're excited for that conversation. But before we dive into it, man, Lee, let's we you might not have known this, but you're on the hot seat because you're in here and you're a guest. And so we like to just get to know the people that come uh, that come join us, right? So we've got our fun app here called Questions in a Box that we use in house church sometimes and just a random question generator. Um, so we'll get to that in a minute, and that'll be a lot of fun. But before we get started, man, just tell, tell everybody a little bit about you and your family and how long you guys have been at Venture. <clears throat> Thanks, Ben. Um, first, man, this podcast room is so cool. Mm. What a cool place. It really is. I've always had felt like I've had a uh, a face for radio, so <laughs> I'm sure that joke's been used before. But anyway, well, you know, um, <clears throat> no, my wife and I, well, my wife is Elizabeth, and um, we have been we're both from around here. We moved away, and we we moved back here in 2010, and um, we've been a part of our church here since we moved into this new building. Right mm-hmm. along the time, um, it was kind of neat when we moved here from Georgia. We were kind of praying about which church to be a part of, and we watched on YouTube the building of this church. Mm. And um, when we came back, we got to be to experience and be a part of it. But um, I'm in the equipment business, and um, we live right here close to our church. We have four kids. We had four kids in five years. Our kids are uh, our life's busy, mm. and we have a lot going on. And um, we just we love Hattiesburg, and we've made it home. That's awesome. Man, you know, you, you said that one of the things I heard um, and I know about you is four kids and how busy you guys are. But I've always admired the priority that you and your family have made um, church and, and, and Venture Church. Um, and so, man, talk a little bit about that. Encourage our people um, in that, what, what this church means to your family and how y'all mm-hmm. just kind of drew that line in the sand. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, um, I, I think for... For me, at least, I'll speak for me, not Elizabeth. You know, um, you gr- I grew up in church, and it was such a big part of our life. And then, as you get older, um, you know, temptations, and and you just kind of st- stray away from the truth sometimes. And um, when we got married, and we moved away, and we were able to restart, um, it's kind of like seventh grade all over again. Mm-hmm. You're trying to figure out which group of friends that you want to be a part of. And um, we found ourselves going, kind of meeting friends that we really don't want, didn't want to be a part of anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we plugged into a church there, and um, some people invested in us early on when we were young, married, and it changed the trajectory of our life. Mm. And so it's been simple, and it's been simple for us. It sounds 
some people make it so complex, but we've just decided as a family to make it um, just a major part of what we want to do and how we want to raise our kids and and um, show them that the church is just so much bigger than just a building and a place to go. Yeah, and you guys host a house church, and you're a house church pastor, and so that that's happening in your home each week. Man, just real quick, and we'll, we'll move on after this, but tell me, how, how has that been? How has house church impacted you guys? Um, house church... Like I said, it is the only way to make a big church small. Mm. And um, I've just experienced it when we needed love. We had people to love on us, and they have. It's a way that we can connect with our friends. It's nothing um, mystical about it. Like some people think there's nothing. You know, I tell, I tell our house church each week, it's um, and just coming together and having a meal together is a win. Mm. Just being around good people. Yep. And, uh, you know, all of us have heard the saying sometimes, if you want to know, your direction of your future, look at your friends. Yeah. And so we've just chosen to try to be around friends and be those friends to others. Um, just encourage each other to walk alongside of um, just a tough world. Mm, no um, I tell my kids, one of our sayings in our family is uh, to have good friends, you got to be a good friend. Mm. And so we try to model that through house church. That's good. And you know, like you, you said, there's nothing mystical about it. Um, and the thought that crossed my mind was, there's nothing mystical but the power of just continuing to show up, you mm-hmm. know, week after week, and what happens when community is built over time. Uh, so, man, well, we we appreciate what you guys do um, in house church there. And you you said you're in the equipment business, and so if anybody knows Lee, man, you you love love the big machines, right? I think you grew up on a farm, and so that it's kind of your dream job, right? Yeah, it it has been, you know. Um, you you never know what you want to do when you grow up. And so I went down a couple of paths and was realized, uh, thankful I had the courage at the time to say, this is not what I want to do. And um, just in some prayer and some luck, just ended up in a good spot of what I felt like God called me to do. Mm. And um, I love what I do. That's awesome. So it just so happens that the old random question generator, <laughs> questions in a box, pulls up one that says, well, what is the worst job? you have ever had? <clears throat> the worst job I've ever had. And so so just for all you guys listening, Ben did not prep me for this question, so it's going to take a little thought. <laughs> um, I think the worst job I ever had was either hauling hay, and we did square bales of hay, so it was always terrible, terrible. And we had just junky equipment and just getting all that stuff in was awful. But probably the worst job that I ever did is my, I have two older brothers, and I was the youngest of, of three. And so we, we planted uh, about two acres of cucumbers one year, and we, we took them to market. Mm. And we were going to get rich. <laughs> and if you've never seen two acres of cucumbers, it's like a sea of cucumbers. That's and, a lot of cucumbers. And cucumbers have to be picked every other day. Mm. Every other day. And, um, and I realized, like, if you've ever eaten a pickle, a pickle is a cucumber, and pickles are small. And they're really tiny, and those are the ones that's worth the most money in when you sell them. Huh. And so we let all all of ours grow like watermelons, and we took them to to get paid for them, and they were all coals, and we didn't get any money. Oh! And it was the worst investment, worst idea. It was awful. My brothers and I think we still laugh about it. <laughs> uh, By far, that's the worst job I've ever had. I didn't realize that. I didn't know the smaller, the small ones are worth the most. Yep. How you, about that? Yeah. Um, well, look, well, thanks for sharing that. Well, look, let's dive into this, um, and in, kind of into the conversation. If you guys, 
have heard Jeff say, and you know this about our church, that we we um, at Venture Church are an elder-led church. So, Lee, what kind of what is what does that mean? What does it mean that we're an elder-led church? <clears throat> well, it's um, you know our church has a lot of different functions, and it it continues to operate more than just one day a week, like some people think, and and so there's a lot of decisions that maybe. Um, there may be a pastor or maybe a different different people on staff at our church may not have the skill set to know. Mm-hmm. And so an elder-led church, we operate just real similar to, to a board. Mm-hmm. And we are, our, our church is led by a lead pastor. And so our elders um, really hold him accountable and give him um, advisement. And so the way we currently structure, um, you know, there's six men that meet and and uh, we found best for our schedule being that we meet every um, every other every other Tuesday at six thirty in the morning, hmm. and um, it gives us time to be at home with our families in the evenings. Um, everybody's afternoons are very busy, so we meet at six thirty in the mornings till around eight thirty hmm. every every other Tuesday morning. Awesome, <clears throat> and it's a three year. The time on serving as an elder, I believe, is three years. Right, yeah. it's a three year commitment. It is currently. That's what what we have now, yeah. um, and it's been a shift. You know, the the deacon model that that some churches have, and that we had a deacon and the elder model or overseer model years ago, um, and we had a lot of committees. And so, what we're trying to do is to get break those committees down. So there's not so many committees. Um, the deacons really are. We don't have deacons anymore in our church. Our deacons are house church pastors. Right. I mean, that's that's who loves on everybody, and and it's just a different design for a multi campus multi-site church with the volume of people that we have. And mm-hmm. so our elders really just serve um, as a board, you know. And um, Well, let's look. This isn't just a venture church idea, right? This comes out of Scripture. So let's take uh, let's look at Scripture and see what Scripture has to say. One will be in Titus um, chapter 1. And we'll start in verse 5. I'm going to read this passage, and then we'll, we'll highlight a verse that's in here. It says, The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. So the book of Titus is an incredible book. It's really short. It's in, toward the back of the New Testament, and Paul is writing a letter um, to Titus, and he basically instructs him throughout the whole book, on, on church leadership and developing um, leaders uh, for the church. So here we go, pick up in verse 6. It says, An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless and not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. I think the passage that stood out to me when I was reading this earlier, and I, this this passage is circled, underlined, highlighted, all those things in my Bible, but I kind of saw this for the first time. Verse 7, since an overseer manages God's household. So like real practically for our people, Man, what, is, what does that look like from you guys as an elder when you think about managing God's household? You know, one, of the, one thing that I think we are one of our greatest responsibilities is, um, 
If you ever read the book Mission Drift, it's, it's a book about how organizations drift away from their mission. Mm. And for an elder, I think one of the most important, we should first protect our mission of our church. And I love that even in our boardroom, I read it sometimes and I begin to think about it, how our mission statement is in there. And it begins to show us that we want to be a church to know, love, and follow uh, Jesus and, and, and disciple people. And we're a church for the unchurched. And just the reminder of those, of those things. And it protects us and puts up some guardrails to keep us from you know, going down the wrong paths. Hmm. And this is the church of who we are. And, um, and really being okay that it's, it's really being okay that if, if people don't, um, there's another church for other people that this is not what they feel called to do. Hmm. And this is who we are. That's right. This is who uh, God's called us to be. <clears throat> yeah, I think about Chick-fil-A. How many times have they been tempted to sell hamburgers? Hmm. And they just said, we're going to stay to our mission of what we do. And um, it's a good reminder that that's one of the things that we want to do as our elders is protect our mission. Um, one job we have currently is to um, try to wrangle in our crazy lead pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've gotten to accept that job, so um, I'll need some counseling soon. Yeah, bless you. There's another passage in Acts that speaks to the roles of, of to the role of our of elders in Acts chapter twenty. It's a passage, well, it starts in verse 17. I won't read the whole thing, but I'll give you some background. Paul, in verse 17, sends for, he's sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. So Paul is addressing the elders of the church from Ephesus. And we'll, we'll go down here to verse 28. And here's what he tells them. He says, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. And so that last passage in Titus, we talked a lot about it, it, it mentioned specifically, and we just had a conversation around kind of the management of, of the church, right? And then here Paul's um, addressing elders again, and this time he uses a word shepherd. Mm -hmm. And so what does that look like? How do you guys shepherd our church from your role as an elder? What's that look like? <laughs> Well, I, once again, I'm speaking on, on as an elder of, of a church like ours, which is yeah. very different than maybe how you grew up or how I grew up if your dad was a deacon or different. Right. So, so elders in our church, the shepherding part is, um, you know, really, I think providing a safe place for um, a safe place for our pastor to unload and debrief and talk through some things. I think it's encouraging to our staff to see other people just volunteering and giving their time and, and walking alongside them and with the same mission in mind mm. and realizing that maybe we're not we're not all called to um, to ministry specific but we still can use our gifts and talents to walk alongside that's right of a ministry that we love right not necessarily called to vocational ministry right but you're still ministers right and I think um, you know God has used all of all of our elders and no different than uses different different serving areas of our church. And so our, our, our eldership is just a place where you can serve and use your gifts. Mm -hmm. And so it's really neat. If you look around our, um, of our current group of elders, the different skill sets that they have that I just don't have, you know, for me, I'm not organized. I never think about bylaws. I never think about the legal side of things. I never think about the details. Um, I'm, I'm really confusing. I'm a vision visionary style person. Mm -hmm. I'm real creative. And, and so God's used my gifts in a certain way. And whereas he's used, um, others gifts, you know, we have an attorney as, as a, um, as an elder, we have an accountant, we have a retired banker, 
we have um, someone who leads a really large organization. And so we have a, we have a contractor as an mm-hmm. elder. And so there's a different group. And it's really that Romans 12 passage. If you think back on the podcast, if you, um, I, I, thought, I thought about our elders when we were going over that. Mm. It's about how the, the spiritual body is built up just like a human body. And mm-hmm. we all have different gifts. Yeah. And I, I know this about each of you guys that, man, part of, part of what y'all do and what you, the weight that you carry um, is just in prayer, you know, mm-hmm. for our staff. It's in prayer for our church. It's in prayer for people in our church that are hurting or um, and going through hard seasons. And those, time, those things sometimes aren't always seen when you're meeting together or it might be early in the morning or whenever it is. Um, but so how, how can we as a church, man, how can we as a church be praying for you guys as, as our elders? Um, you know, in the same way we'd pray for our staff and, you know, um, Satan truly is like a roaring lion waiting to pronounce. Like even, even in the Acts passage, one of the, um, one of the things that Paul was saying is he was talking about the wolves coming to destroy them. That next that next verse, I don't know where it's at, but he mm-hmm. was saying that the wolves were coming to to be after you. And so what he's really telling the elders there is saying, hey, I need you here to help protect this new church that we're establishing. And I need you all to keep us on the right mission, knowing that there's wolves coming to attack you. Mm. And so, man, just pray. We're human. We make mistakes, and um, nothing would rejoice Satan more than to see an elder fail. And so just prayer for those things, um, pray for decisions. You know, uh, we're not deciding what songs to play on Sunday morning. We're deciding kind of a direction. And mm-hmm. when you put a multi-site campus in and you, you invest in more property or different different renovation projects, that that's, that's um, we're, we're stewards of other people's money, mm. of our church's uh, resources that we've been given. Um, and so we just want to pray for a solid direction um, a humble spirit, and um, you know, right now we're going through. As Jeff's announced his his um, his retirement, which is so wise of him, and and just kind of w- preparing for what a new lead pastor looks like. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not going to look like Jeff. We're in a different season of our church, and so um, just praying through those things together and realizing that you know we're just we're just men, uh, just kind of doing the best we can with what God's given us. Yeah, no, that's good. So, man, I think you kind of answered the next question that I had there. First one being, how can we pray for you guys? And then the second one, how can we as a church in this season come alongside you and partner in prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, and just this transition that that we're in the middle of and, and we'll continue to be walking through, I think is obviously um, a pretty clear next step. Um, you know, this will be the last podcast that's released uh, for 2023. So we'll be heading into a new year the next time that we that we get together um, in the podcast. I'm really excited about the start of the new year and 21 days of prayer. Um, and so just want to encourage everybody to to lean into that and remember, man, to be praying for our, for our elders and the the role that they have in this season of our church, um, and to partner with them um, in praying for the for what God is calling us to for the future of our church um, as well. So one last thing, you know, in house church, we say it all the time and we try to encourage people all the time to continually take the next steps in their faith. Um, 
as a guy that served in so many different roles uh, here at our church and as chairman of the elders, like what, how would you encourage somebody that right now might kind of be on the fence a little bit or hesitant to really take a next step in their faith journey in this season and what God's called them to do? <clears throat> well, I, I think stepping out in faith is, um, you know, it's, it's not by sight. It's, 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 it's awkward. And if something that you can't see and you're not comfortable with. And so stepping out in that, you know, you just want you to know that God's wired all of us uniquely. Mm. He has not called me <laughs> to play the guitar on stage or sing. Mm. That's not my gift. As much as I would love to get up there and sing like Taurus, <laughs> that's not my gift. And everybody in my family would tell me, remind me of that. Yeah. But I do think God is, can use me in a way in my vocation to help lead our church in a direction. And I think we all have um, specific areas in which we can serve and lean into that and um, just be the person who's God's called us to be. Yeah. You know, when we started, uh, I think the very first episode of this podcast at the beginning of the semester, we highlighted and talked about why we chose the name Unschooled and Ordinary. Mm -hmm. And we pointed back to the passage in Acts of, I mean, where they were astonished when they realized that these things that were happening were happening through unschooled and ordinary men. Mm. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, in, in preparing for our conversation today, I was reminded of a passage that we talked about in Romans chapter 16 a couple of weeks ago where, um, let me see if I can find it so I get his name right, um, where a specific person is pointed out for for his role um, in the church, Erastus, who is the city's director of public works. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a mess up or coincidence that, you know, his vocation, what he did for a living that wasn't vocational ministry was mentioned. Um, and regardless of what, what, what we do and what, how we've been gifted and where we might earn a paycheck, mm -hmm. um, that man, God's positioned us in a way uh, if we lean in, he'll use us in our community where we're at. Mm -hmm. So I know that's my prayer and that's our prayer for, for each of you as we wrap up 2023 and get ready to head into a new year. Um, and just for the courage to step in, to take that next step of, of uh, in our faith of what God's calling us to do. Yeah, and, and the easiest way to do that, if you're not in a house church, get in a house church. Mm. It's We call it the awkward first date. You know, we've all been on awkward first dates, but... It, but it didn't stop us from dating. We've all all had a a bad meal, but we still eat. Mm. You know, some some house churches enter. It's awkward, sure. Mm. It's a living room of strangers. It's a living room of strangers. There's nothing easy about that for yeah. any anyone. Right. And then, kind of once you walk through that, you'll find it at home. It's yeah. like your first day at work. It's the first day of anything, and through that, you you build a family around that, and from there, you're encouraged to to really get a part. And just put the jersey on and be on our team, and you'll get so much more out of being part of Venture than just sitting in a pew and getting more information. Yeah, no doubt. Yep. Well, that's our yep. time for today. Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, man, thank you guys for tuning in. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year in 23, and we will see you back in 2024. That sounds really weird to say. Right. We'll see you back at the beginning of the new year. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, 
The Word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in house church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, visit VentureChurch.org slash housechurch.